this lady, she was very anxious because her doctor had told her she had polycystic ovarian syndrome and was going to have troubles getting pregnant and she better start early if she wanted babies. Um, as she, yeah, so put that, set that seed, and whether he actually said that or she said that, or whether that's what she heard is debatable, but she was an anxious person at the best of times. I, I don't think I've ever had a more um, consistent person that would email me several times a day about, now, what did you say? That, and and I've, I've eaten a piece of this and, and what, 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 you know, like just so stressed, stressed person. And um, so she, most of the consultations involved reassurance and yes it's fine to you know have uh, the mobile phone on one night without being it on flight mode or whatever but she um so lots of lots of reassurance um i did explain the, the big thing with pe people like preconception that they want to be pregnant yesterday they want to be pregnant preferably three months ago and they're not I, you have to constantly don't constantly set that expectation of three months preconception to get everything sorted, to complete all the investigations before we actually call it starting to try. So when when can I start trying? You know, that's um, not necessarily when they feel comfortable, but it's probably what's best for the um, chances of success. Anyway, so she, this lady, she's now got about two weeks left to go, no, three weeks left to go until she delivers. So. She um, conceived exactly when I said she could and did. And, um, you know, even though she wanted like two months, to just, oh, you know, I haven't conceived this cycle. Oh. But um, yeah, need to be, not need to set that expectation. It's not an overnight thing, it takes time. Welcome to the Metagenics Best Practice Podcast, Standing on the Shoulders of Giants. Practitioner to practitioner conversations to inspire and mentor you in your own professional journey. Join Angela Carroll as she meets with practitioners from around Australia and New Zealand and hears how they work, live and grow in the natural medicine field. Stories from over 30 years of practice. Successful practitioners don't just suddenly appear, they evolve. Particularly when starting out, the first three to five years can seem overwhelming and an uphill push. Today, Doreen Schwegler shares her journey to success in clinical pearls of wisdom. Doreen's a naturopath, medical scientist, natural fertility specialist, published author, researcher and international presenter who's been helping clients since graduating in 1989. Over the past 30 years, she has seen daily mini miracles by helping people regain health and balance in their lives in a multidisciplinary clinic. But it wasn't always this way. She started from home with massage and a screen in her home to separate the space where she saw clients from her children. Please like, share and comment on this episode to spread the message to help more practitioners find this podcast, build our connection as an industry and community and be our best. Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Standing on the Shoulders of Giants. Uh, today I am with the lovely Doreen Schwegler. Doreen is a very accomplished practitioner. She's been in the industry for over three decades. She's got books to her name. She's a mentor. She's uh, presented seminars. She's presented some seminars for Metagenics as well, which is pretty cool. So welcome, Doreen. Thank you, Angela, for having me. I'm very privileged. <laughs> oh, I think we're the privileged ones. Because what we're going to get together <laughs> today is a, a, just a 
stories from over 30 years of practice. I think that's going to be some really great stories there for practitioners to grab a pen, learn, take notes, and uh, listen to your wonderful advice on that. But let's just put everything in context. Um, can you can we start off with just getting your clinic history, if that makes sense? So how did you, sure. how did you start out and where are you now? <laughs> Okay, um, so when I first started, um, I was in a small home and using one room, which was the nursery by night and the clinic room by day. And I put a folder up so kids, uh, the children couldn't be seen. Um, and that moved to a purpose-built house on a corner. With We lived in the front and the side entrance had two treatment rooms with a washroom and um, I had several other practitioners is working with me they're a dietitian and psychologist and massage therapist and then um, we basically got too big for just two rooms because we needed room for um, reception and um, admin so we moved to a four roomed um, house with 10 car parks and a studio for we had a um, we used a studio uh, as a yoga studio and for talks and then later became personal training studio and I had at the height of the running of that business, 15 practitioners, including, no, 10 practitioners, including naturopaths, acupuncture, remedial massage, hypno, medical intuitives, etc. And then um, that property got sold and I moved in with a gynecologist and physio uh, with seven practitioners. So we shared just um, a couple of rooms. And then just recently, earlier this year, I sold the business and moved in with a larger clinic in North Melbourne and um, doing some mentoring at home uh, in Ascot Vale. Wow, so all of that's been Victorian based? All Victorian based, and I'm also starting seeing some clients in Sydney because my partner is living in Sydney um, some of the time, and I um, go up there every four to six weeks seeing clients up there. Right, okay, I wasn't aware that you're doing the the commute. <laughs> so mm, cool. Yes. So how long? And I'm curious. a bone therapist. As, oh, so oh, you're a bone therapist as well. as well. So that's thirty plus years, and um, I've been yeah very, very happy with that treatment as well. It's nice to have a physical modality um, alongside the naturopathic side of things. Yeah, I agree with you. Actually, I love the hands-on. I love the mm. massage and just you know correcting the body, and it's part mm. of part of uh, helps the intuition. I think. So sure. When we first, oh, sorry, you go on. No, go on. So when we first trained as a naturopath in those days, um, we had to do mass massage therapy. Oh, so that was initially how I got naturopathic clients building up with my nat uh, nat with my massage. I'd say come and see me for uh, you know dietary assessment or build up then and uh, yeah, slowly built the business. And then when because we could actually massage before we were qualified, yeah. I was still working in laboratories. And uh, yeah, so then I just went on to start practicing seeing naturopathic clients and bone therapy clients. Yeah, wow. Hmm. I actually uh, did the same thing. I just started out with massage and just getting my hands on to people. I think I was mm. doing that from my first year of study, actually. Once we mm. Mm. And we studied reflexology a little bit. So I used some essential oils um, and do some reflexology treatments in part of the preconception workup. I, I haven't been doing that lately. I've sort of forgotten about it, but I'll get back into doing that. Mm. It's just nice to have that physical touch. Yeah, it definitely, definitely mm. is. That's, that's, a, that's a lot of things. And you're also, you've done hematology as well, haven't you? Yes, I was um, a medical scientist and worked in haematology at the Children's Hospital and 
several labs in Melbourne and in England. Um, and so I yeah, embraced um, the Hemaview uh, when for the last whatever twelve years or so, and uh, and like the pathology side of things. And I feel I can communicate um, easily with medical professional professionals. So yeah. it's um, good good background to have, I think. Uh, I, I definitely agree with you. Definitely agree with you. So it's mm. it stood you well over time. So okay, mm, so that's great. Right. So we now have a bit of a picture of, of how you practice. I did. I was curious when you were talking about going from that, you know, just with the kids, and you said you had to put a, a barrier up so that people couldn't see the children. Um, yes. How how, <laughs> how long did you go? Um, how long did it take to go from there to the the bigger clinic? Like how much was it? One year or to the years? Um, it was probably two two to three years working from just one room and yeah. at um, the larger clinic um, yeah it's probably 15 10, 12 years and then yeah the last two years yeah I yeah maybe it was a little bit longer because it was a bit slow starting up at home and yeah so yeah, I think, I yeah, think it's for most practitioners it does take about three years to really get on your feet mm, get so, the ball rolling yeah that's sort of pretty consistent um, right out mm. there across across the board, um, mm. particularly these days where there's so many so many options for people to look after themselves. But it's definitely mm. a great industry to be in. Um, and, and you've yes. actually written a book yourself, and you've also had a chapter in it oh, yes. as well. Yeah, so um, I wrote a book, um, Complete Health Overhaul, Your Guide to Better, I can't remember the name, Better Health, Happiness and Better Sex. <laughs> I thought that's sex a, that's sells. a seller, sex sells. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I also um, wrote a chapter in a book called Smart Business Builders and that was just my story of how I worked from home and then worked to running a big bit, a client, a big um, multidisciplinary practice. Yeah. And then another chapter in a book with um, Lisa Curry and that's our clock, Lisa Curry and Maggie Beer um, on energy, just the drivers of fatigue and uh, what a naturopath does to look at um, improving people's energies. So I'm curious with that, how did you, how did you get to be a part of that collaboration? It was part of a networking, um, I actually had organised a couple of retreats. One of them was a yoga retreat with um, me speaking about health and wellness and I had a business coach talking about values and um, there was a lady there who was another business coach and she was getting a group um, together right to write a book and uh, she asked me and I said, yes, that'd be wonderful. And I, she had... Um, coerced Maggie Beer into writing a chapter and Lisa Curry mm. to get the credibility and uh, and I was lucky enough to be uh, part of that group. Oh, that's, uh, mm. I'm going to have to keep an eye out for that. It sounds fascinating. I'll send you a copy, even. Oh, oh thank <laughs> you. <laughs> there you go. I love it. And I want it signed, please. <laughs> okay. Yes, I will. I'm I'm in, my, um, in the process of updating the complete health overhaul because it's a few things are outdated. There's the yes. urine re-indicant <laughs> test and a few bits and pieces that I've um, changed um, the way I practice, but yeah, the essence is there. It's sort of the basics of, you know, stress management, good sleep, good relationships, um, eating well in proper investigations. Mm. And I go through the um, experience I've had with genetic profiling and the options uh, to optimise your genetic potential. 
That sounds like a really good book for practitioners yes. to have in their clinics. Is there something else they can yeah. sell? Is that a is that an option? Is that what? Yeah, it's certainly it's an option. In yeah. my next uh, version, I'll make it more general. And uh, actually, Nicole Bedisma wrote the pre, pre the pre, preface at the start, mm-hmm. which is lovely. And she said she wished she'd have had that sort of book when she was um, a new graduate. So that yeah. was kind of lovely that she and she did. She was EMC when I did the book launch, so that was lovely. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that, and if people did want to get a copy of that to buy it in, to put into their clinics so that they could have it for patients. Yes, um, they can email me. Yeah, they can email me, Doreen at holistichealth.com.au. Is that holistic? And I'll put them aside. Yes, H. Yeah, H. Holistichealth.com.au. Great. Okay. All right. Um, so let's, um, let's get into some of those stories. Um, and yeah, so, so you were talking about, um, you've done quite a bit of fertility work. So you, like myself, trained under Francesca Nash. Yeah, we did the same course together in the Southern Highlands. Mm. It was a beautiful weekend away. (laughs) It was. Yeah, it was five, it was five or seven days. It was a long, long time training it was actually yes so um yes so i do a lot of fertility and um quite a bit of weight loss so that's sort of my two areas and of course gut health and and general health but they're my two fertility and um healthy aging and and weight loss so i guess the first story was um a lady who couldn't she was on the shake it program and i was wondering why she wasn't losing weight and when I actually got her to record what she was eating, um, she was eating a half a packet of biscuits most days. And I said, well, I didn't want, I felt like saying, where are the biscuits on the eating plan? <laughs> but when we went, went through um, her history, when she was a child, she was from a large family and her mother would, she would help her mother and the mother would give her the empty biscuit, biscuit packet with two little biscuits at the end and say, go and put this in the bin which was a code for his two biscuits for being a good girl. Um, and so that was the way she rewarded herself as an adult. So I um, will often give people um, books to read about situations. And for, in that particular case, there was a, a book, If Not Dieting, Then What? by Rick Kausman. He's a um, Melbourne GP mm. who writes about the emotional side behind eating. And, and when people eat they often aren't hungry and if you actually are hungry think about what you actually feel like you know do you feel like a crunchy apple or do you feel like chips or whatever because if you don't um satiate that that desire um you are just going to eat other things and and not be fulfilled and and look at the emotions because i know i don't know how many times i've had a phone call and I've been really upset and I go straight to the cupboard and get chocolate and I think, where's that coming from? And I just yeah. look at my emotions and think, yeah, I'm upset. You know, just acknowledge the upset. You're not hungry. Yeah. Um, go and have a cup of tea and a good lie down and you'll, <laughs> yeah, you'll settle down. So that my message for that one is look for the hidden emotional drivers. Yeah. How long did it take you to find that she was eating the biscuits? so regularly um yeah well that was actually sent her to a hypnotherapist and the hypnotherapist um collaborated with me and she told her uh, told me the story so she worked through letting go of that that habit and uh, mm. becoming aware mm. Mm. So oh the... so yeah so that took about that took about four weeks of you know theoretically being on the shaker program but not really getting yeah. into ketosis Mm. Yes, I saw something just recently, actually, and I cannot remember where I saw it, but it was um, exactly on that point. If you've got weight loss patients 
and they seem to be doing everything right and they're, they're just mm. getting the results, then you could be dealing with an eating disorder or mm, mm. That's like where that. I love the quad scan because um, I actually have had people coming in with, they look fine to me, and, but you never can tell. So when you do the quad scan, you realise they're under-muscled or over-fat or, mm. or cell, cellular four-phase angle or whatever. But this uh, particular lady, she came in absolutely gorgeous and she wanted to lose five kilos. And I said, okay, you know, let's have a look at your quad scan. And she was absolutely perfect. We could have framed her mm. quad scan result, mm. but um, clearly she had a, a body image issue. So I did discuss that and did say she was perfect and, you know, perhaps talk to some, speak to somebody um, in the clinic um, in North Melbourne. I work, we've got a psychologist who's lovely. So I would um, refer her on to, um, yeah, to a GP for a, a referral or just have a chat with somebody, a hypnotherapist to just work on her body image. So that's why it's, it's lovely having that quad scan too. Yeah, so that's a message is use the assessment tools where appropriate. That's a little wisdom yeah. pearl. Mm. Yeah, with the, with the referrals to um, the doctors, do you, mm. do you write a referral letter? Do you, is there a trick that you find? I know some practitioners struggle getting the doctors to take the patients on uh, mm. or take them seriously. Yes, I um, refer a lot and I do Bowen therapy and that's another message is refer to health professionals when, appro and when appropriate. Um, so, for example, Bowen therapy is amazing, but clearly if there is no improvement as expected after two or possibly three sessions, um, then I think it's important I um, will actually write a letter to, well, there's a nice chiro at, the, at work or their, their osteopath or even their GP, because you can miss um, terrible things. Well, there's several red flags when you do assessment, and that's another thing is um, when with Bowen you do proper assessments, but there are red flags which would require immediate referral to a um, GP for a, a CT scan or MRI or whatever. But mm. I do write a lot of pathology referrals to GPs. Um, mm. Sometimes if someone's gone through... Um, preconception care and they're not getting pregnant I, and they've done all their pathology I might look at tubal patency checks so um, not a histocellpingogram using radiation but something like a liver vis without with ultrasound mm -hmm. um, and so I'll write a very um, respectful letter I think some uh, doctors get very upset when a GP when a when a naturopath says please do these tests where I'd say I would be grateful if you could consider requesting, you know, vitamin D because they're an indoor job and it's often low and it's involved in sperm penetration with the eggs and uh, uh, zinc levels because they're um, a vegetarian and they don't eat you know, many seeds or whatever. So I, I sort of mm. always explain why I'm asking for those particular tests yeah. and um, fully aware. And I explain to the clients that the doctors are well within their um boundaries to say no because they're always got worries about being investigated by hic um and they can say no but most most doctors are quite respectful some of them will do you know 80 percent of the tests i request and then we'll do the rest privately um under medicare or i'll send them to another gp who's more um familiar with the way i work mm -hmm. so yeah referrals um to a health professional when when appropriate or if it's a psychologist or whatever, I might give them a call and have a chat um, with them. Um, yeah. 
Okay. Um, actually, while, while I think of that, um, so while you're talking about that, it reminded me that you uh, do quite a bit of mentoring for practitioners where they've got difficult mm. cases. And you were saying that in particular you do help them with pathology interpretation. Pathology interpretation, yeah. So mm. I... Um, what does that look like? Yeah, well, I just feel you go through um, naturopathy school and you get you go through learn pathology but it's not the same as actually working in pathology doing blood tests every day and actually really understanding the significance of them and i know we can learn but i think you'd learn by seeing clients so um for example with polycystic ovarian syndrome you check for free androgens and their testosterone and if serum hormone binding globulin lhfsh um and you may not think about doing those tests or if you do you're not sure exactly whether they're um, significant um, progesterone you know if it's low when did they measure it if, you, if you're not measuring it a week post ovulation you're wasting your time if you're doing it in the first half of the cycle um, you're you know it's not going to be low because the progesterone gets produced after you ovulate so um, I basically help make blood tests real and relevant to that patient if they might have a case and they say look I want to ask for pathology tests I'm not quite sure how to go about it or mm. what to ask for or how, or how to interpret it. Because what the reference range is, as you know, the reference range is say for thyroid function tests aren't necessarily, or vitamin D for that matter, or some of the other things iron. might be what so-called normal. Yeah, so iron, yeah, ferritin levels, they might be in bunny ears normal, but in practical, um, functionally, it's uh, low for that patient. So it only takes a period for their iron to become low and their hemoglobin to be start, started to be affected or their energy levels to be starting uh, started to get affected even before their hemoglobin starts dropping or their thyroid function um, if, if their iron levels aren't adequate. So I really nut down um, with, with, with my um, mentees um, explaining uh, just and and sometimes it can get so overwhelming when you get a really complicated case with they've got gut problems they've got immune issues they've got they're on heaps of medication and I just sort of break it down and one of my jewels I suppose one of my pearls is whenever you get presented with a really complicated case um, start with the basics just start with sleep stress the five pillars of health I wrote a blog actually. Um, sleep, stress, diet, exercise and stress management. And that gets, you know, a big chunk of most conditions yes. um, dealt with. So then you can get all complicated by doing fancy tests. But sometimes it's just pulling back, doing what we do really well and, um, and then working, working from there. My, my go-to is a detox straight up if it's so overcomplicated. I, I, I actually do detox in just about every new client whether yes. it's for weight loss whether it's for fertility whether it's for gut health it just covers I, and in my detox i also do a low reactive diet usually gluten mm. off gluten dairy and so i'm incorporating not just the detox but you're also incorpor incorporating a food food uh, elimination re-challenge re in two weeks i start going through the foods and seeing if they're having um, issues with that and you know that fixes most like, like 30 40 percent of issues maybe 50 percent of issues improve their guts better their energies level they're sleeping better their weights dropped you know so many and and you can and i actually if it's a weight loss client i'll actually combine the detox with a low carb eating 
um, and kill two birds with one stone because the thermophase, well, I don't know if we can talk about products, but <laughs> that's very low carb. And if you mix it with some berries, it's quite a sustaining breakfast and gives them a good option that's no dairy, no gluten, no whey and low reactive protein that's got all the goodies in it for liver and things and throw in the detox for the kidney and lymphatics and a probiotic and you're sort of yeah 40 percent there no matter what the problem is yeah it's it's so wonderful to know that you've got that up your sleeve as a practitioner um and then if you know for particularly for newer practitioners where it just stops the overwhelm it's just like okay let's let's just do a six-week detox and we'll work everything out Mm. as we go yeah if you've got no idea always start with the detox it's so fantastic because they feel like they're they're on on a plan and and then you can sort of work work with the rest of it afterwards absolutely i agree with that Mm. hey so i did want to um drop back to fertility you were talking you had Mm. a couple of um stories that you were telling me about um a, a girl with PCOS, I think you were saying. Yes. Um, yeah. So um, this this lady, she was very anxious because her doctor had told her she had polycystic ovarian syndrome and was going to have troubles getting pregnant and she better start early if she wanted babies. Um, as she, yeah, So put that, set that seed and whether he actually said that or she said that or whether that's what she heard is debatable, <laughs> but she was an anxious person at the best of times. I, I don't think I've ever had a more... Um, persistent person that would email me several times a day about now what did you say that, and and I've, I've eaten a piece of this and and what 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 you know like just so stressed stressed person and um, so she most of the consultations involved reassurance and yes it's fine to you know have the mobile phone on one night without being it on flight mode or whatever but she um so lots of lots of reassurance um, I did explain the, the big thing with pe- people like preconception that they want to be pregnant yesterday. They want to be pregnant preferably three months ago and they're not, I, you have to constantly don't constantly set that expectation of three months preconception to get everything sorted, complete all the investigations before we actually call it starting to try. So when, when can I start trying, you know, that's, um, not necessarily when they feel comfortable, but it's probably what's best for the um, chances of success. Anyway, so she, this lady, she's now got about two weeks left to go, no, three weeks left to go until she delivers. So she um, conceived exactly when I said she could and did. And, um, you know, even though she wanted like two months, it was, oh, you know, I haven't conceived this cycle. Oh. But, um, yeah need to be not need to set that expectation it's not an overnight thing it takes time yeah so setting her up to succeed even though she had the anxiety and the yes yeah. and just reassurance i think it's important and and never give up hope that's another message with another lady who was start had started to try in her late 30s and couldn't she met her partner quite late and uh, no success so she tried ivf for about 18 months and into her early 40s and she hadn't um, conceived and so they IVF suggested she did she get an egg donor as her eggs were too old in bunny ears again Um, (laughs) so we did preconception health care she conceived naturally and then the next time um, she came when her I said come and see me when your, your son is about uh, one year old so we've got four months to work with and then we'll do 
then you can start trying. And then this, I think two years gaps, that's my thing is having two years between babies. So she came, she did the full four months and uh, I said, okay, this is great. Next cycle, um, you can uh, get the embryo donation and she conceived naturally again. So that was two conceptions after being told her eggs were too old. So never give up hope. Yeah. Can some let's have a chat about old eggs for a yes. moment? Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, it I think fabulous, is not Old eggs, but yeah, it's just the the mainstream thinking that you know, as far as fertility goes, once you're over 30, mm. 32, you're old. Well, you, you kind mm. of are, but um, your age of your eggs is is like the age of your cells in your body. If you look after yourself, mm. if you do a detox, you. Um, you know, you, you exercise regularly, you've got good nutrition, good diet, those types yes. of you, you're going to have considerably younger eggs than... And if you add anyone over 38, this is my rule, is to use ubiquinol, um, 300 milligrams a day for at least three cycles, uh, three months, and that really helps egg quality. And, and you can, well, I look for phase angle. I, phase angle is probably not officially, but my little indicator of equality yep. in, a, in a sense. So um, I'll use you know, magnesium and fish oils um, routinely, but the CoQ10s are real key to improve that equality. But I think you're right, the medical professionals or orthodox thing tend to blame the woman. Um, but I've had women, like I can tell you, there's another client who, beautiful couple, late 30s again, no, early 40s, and they'd gone through IVF miscarriage and they came to see me and I did the hair analysis of, well, both of them, but the husband had off the Richter chart lead levels and he had been a lead lighter 10 years earlier and he was still carrying that lead burden. So we detoxed him and they conceived a healthy little boy when she was 42. So you know, you could say her eggs were old, but it was just a protective mechanism. I think her eggs were being smart um, yeah. by not yeah. uh, getting fertilised by this toxic sperm. So once we, and he was also a, a um, gardener, like after he gave up lead lighting, he was a gardener. So he was also exposed to chemicals and pesticides and um, toxins. So we, we did um, long-term liver detox um, after the heavy one. Yeah, and so the poor little sperm—they just—they don't actually have their own detoxification or repair. Sorry, repair mechanism mm. for their their DNA. So um, you they're know, so they, sensitive to um, to toxins and electromagnetic radiation. So I get men to move their mobile phones from their reproductive area and uh, switch their phones off at night or put them on flight mode. Yeah, as, um, and and smoking. Um, one one story was um, a couple that had. Um, been trying and I used him of you and looked at the wife and then I looked at the husband's blood and I said I said you're a smoker aren't you because <laughs> you could tell he had quite platelets and yeah. all these signs of inflammation he literally gave up that day he never had another cigarette <gasps> again so wow. that was such a fantastic um, incentive to see actually what his blood was doing because when you smoke you think oh yeah down the track 20 30 years I might whatever but to actually see the effect of your blood right now was very yeah. powerful. Wow. That's, that's just, we always say with him, your picture paints a thousand words. Mm. Uh, great motivator. I actually did want to draw back, actually, you mentioned phase angle. Um, yes. Just to clarify, the phase angle is a marker from the bioimpedance, bioelectrical impedance devices like the Metascan device and 
the old VLA 50 devices. Um, and it's a, it's a marker of tissue quality and quantity. So when you're talking before about you know, using phase angle for a marker, uh, mm. it's the quality that is particularly important in that, that aspect of it. Yeah, it's like a surrogate marker for me. It just gives me an idea. So if they've got a really low five, for a female between five and sevens within range, but if they've got a low, low fives, I'm yeah. a lot more nervous and I feel they need a lot more treatment than someone with a 6.5 phase angle. Yeah, absolutely. Lucky I've got a higher phase angle. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I actually like the old VLA because it gave you the biological age and I could tell people, oh, you know, you're aging. Well, I didn't really ever tell them when they were older, but when they were younger, they'd like to hear that. So yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it wasn't 100% accurate, but it was accurate for the readings. The, the market, yeah, it was a market that it yes. had. Yeah, which was yes. good. And so um, the fertility side of things, is that your favourite area mm. of working? Yes, I'm um, very, yeah, I love um, helping couples um, prepare for healthy conception. I think uh, Francesca Nash really was a trailblazer in getting that concept of preconception healthcare and basically affecting a whole generation. And one, one of the sad things that when people say to me, oh, yeah, I know what you do, I'll come and see you if I have troubles. But what I, my ideal client is to see me about two at least a year or maybe two years before they even think about having a baby. So they understand their cycles. They know when they're fertile. We've already checked their heavy metals and cleared and detoxified. They're at the right body mass index. They've worked on their stress. They've worked on reducing toxic exposure and, and uh, plastics and environmental things and done all that work up. And, and they're living a long-term healthy life that they're ready to understand when, when they do want to conceive or not conceive, they can just switch that, switch that around and, and conceive a healthy um, baby with that four-month intense sort of preconception nutrients and shells and and um, and uh, multivitamin. I love the new pregnancy advance with the activated bees and the uh, choline. Yeah, choline and iodine and zinc combined. Choline is now recommended by the um, the US um, American Medical Association that all women who are looking at conceiving and pregnant should be on choline. That's how important it is. Mm, mm, it's, it's great. And especially when they're vegan or vegetarian, it's great that there's the option of having the extra supplementation. Yeah, there is. It's not if they're not having eggs. Yes. So I was going to say, I noticed that you mm. uh, said you like to have two years between, between babies. What's your reason mm. for that? Oh, just to allow, well, I really like, the woman breastfeeding as long as she can um and i was listening to a um podcast today about the breast milk one of the reasons breast milk other than antibodies and all the good things in there is the amount of nitrates which pre is a precursor of nitric oxide so that was another plus for breastfeeding so breastfeeding number one Number two, um, just to build up the body again for a second for another pregnancy. So I think if you do it too close, you're still um, recovering from the previous pregnancy. And much long, much longer, this is just my theory, is that kids um, are more aware and they're more likely to have problems with, um, I suppose, sibling rivalry and jealousy. But when they're two years apart, they're sort of not really cognizant as cognizant mm -hmm. of the... Um, that sort of um, separation. That's yeah. just my theory. Yeah. 
in Chinese medicine, uh, we've always said that you know you need two years between babies because the mother needs that long to recover. In between, mm, yeah, it's so a major traditionally major it's thing. considered that way as well. Yeah, mm. yeah. So, have you done much work with uh, IVF and dealt with the IVF yes. clinics? And how how have you got any yeah. around that? Um, well, I saw a lady yesterday, yesterday, two days ago. And she um, is, she's had eight cycles of IVF, theoretically PCO, but PCO is that she doesn't um, present across. She's having regular cycles and she's good body weight and perfect percentage of fat on a quad scan of VLA actually. Um, and she um, is in a lot of pain and like from uh, childhood um, dysplasia of her hips so she has um she's pretty keen to start another cycle in well three weeks time and i and she'd only just only just come to see me and she's actually seen a squillion naturopaths and acupuncturists and reflexologists and everybody you can possibly think of so um that there's a whole when i actually reviewed her case that, that's the other thing is i look at con people that have been been through the um tried everything and i'm basically like a consultant I'll, I'll check everything i assume that they've already on a good diet from the naturopath they're already on good supplements but just overview the whole thing and to see if there's anything that's been missed that's another another little area of of, of mentoring that people actually um, naturopaths bring their clients and i go through it anyway so she i've been through her um and I did her mood and stress questionnaire, which I love another tool from Metagenics, which is fantastic. I do with almost everybody. And she was actually normal anxiety, depression score, but her uh, stress levels were in the high levels of stress. And she was only getting about six hours sleep because she's so in, much in pain. And I said, how are you going to have a pregnancy with this much pain? She said, look, you know, I don't care if I'm pregnant, I'll, I'll manage. And I said, it's going to be really hard for your body to actually make just to get pregnant because you're in this state of inflammation and, and, and stress. And um, I said, let's deal with her. So I actually prescribed Adaptan. Um, no one had actually worked on the nervous system with her and did some Bowen and put her on some um, natural anti-inflammatories. That's the only thing, only change. And I almost begged her. I gave her the options because you've got to counsel because they're really keen. They get on, well, I find with IVF clients, they just want to, they just think the next cycle is going to work and the next cycle is going to work. Mm. So I, I said, look, it's up to you if you want to do next cycle, that's absolutely fine. But if you want to consider, and then then if it didn't work, she's having hip surgery for a hip replacement. So I said, if it doesn't work, um, that's fine. I said, would you think about starting the preconception, maybe even bringing the hip surgery forward and then... They said once you've had the hip surgery, you can't do anything for three months. So that might be my window, but I said, you know, why waste another thousand dollars on IVF this cycle if you can do it with, um, you know, take you the ubiquinol 300 milligrams. And so she's thinking about that. I'll give her a call today and see. That's another thing. Follow up clients after your first visit just to um, see how they've gone, if they've got any questions. And it's very reassuring. That's another little business tip. Um, and um yeah so it's sometimes with ivf you've absolutely got to do it um 
and you know if it's blocked tubes or if there's really poor sperm like I had one beautiful couple that had been seeing me preconception tried twice I said look let's get further investigations she had blocked tubes another time beautiful ready to go but he will always do sperm count but he actually had no sperm he had this Sertoli cell um, condition that was aplasia, holy cell aplasia, and had zero sperm, absolutely zero. They did a testicular biopsy, still had no sperm. So he did um, donation from his a um, close relative and they've conceived now. So I think IVF fa fantastic, but if you do preconception care prior to IVF, I think it increases the chances of success by 50%. I'm just very cautious about using herbs um, in the when they're doing the drugs so um that all the nutrients well fish oils you have to stop um, a good 10 days prior to egg collection but other than that all the other nutrients yes i i work with ivf as well mm, that's um mm. such a rewarding area to specialize in isn't it just and yeah and it's fantastic and so the, motivated. <laughs> the, they're motivated that if you said look i want you to stand on your head and slap fish they would do it if they felt it was applicable <laughs> and relevant and would actually help them get pregnant they're so motivated to do to do what you say um yeah it's it's wonderful and what i love is the babies come in and see me later just for their i, I have a fourth trimester checklist about six weeks post birth just to see because i not just do preconception i look them look after them through the pregnancy mm -hmm. so it's at least once a trimester and then four weeks before delivery and i use a birth tonic um and with the babies that come they are just alert and smart and mm. Um, quicker milestones, and they're just the parents are just so. Uh, uh, come back. When you're, you're, I just um, want you to give that the stuff. Whatever you did, I want to. Sorry, your. Can you just do that again? Because the, the yes. um, internet just went out. So, the, with the baby okay. from from uh, with the babies who come back in. Yeah, so the babies that come back in, they are alert and intelligent and usually re re reach their milestones a little bit earlier. And the parents that see what their children are like in comparison to the other children in their mother's group and their friends and things, they when they want to start it, when they want to do number two, they will often come back and say, just do what you did with the first time because I want to have that same outcome. And I've had one lady actually who had had a low birth weight um, intrauterine growth retardation during the first pregnancy before she saw me and then she came to see me and I've helped her now with two um, pregnancies and she, yeah, so that's a state of oxidative stress and potentially zinc. Anyway, so she, she, she um, subsequent pregnancies were fine. Um, there was another lady who had had leukemia as a child, so she was very careful um, with what medications and things she could have. Um, but she's now pregnant with her number three, so we've helped her with three conceptions up. But her her husband lived in a not lived was one of those flying flower fly out workers um, yeah. from the mines, and he had heaps of heavy metals and really needed to detox before the first conception. So, but they've got beautiful babies, so it's just so rewarding and such a I mean, some of my babies now are in their 20s, which is, or, yeah, 20, yeah, in their early 20s. So it's yeah. fantastic. 
Yeah, that's so cute when you say my babies. <laughs> yeah, my babies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, was well, I heard your clock chiming a moment ago, so I'm sort of aware that yes. we're out of time. Um, so the uh, podcast, as you know, is called Standing on the Shoulders of Giants, and uh, you've been in this industry for a long time. So do you have any advice, special words for other practitioners? Um, stick at your marketing, get set goals and stick at your marketing, um, spend time on the business as well as in the business, spend time um, educating yourself and looking after yourself, nurturing yourself, you know, exercising, eating well, all the things that try and practice what you preach, they're, they're my goals. They're my um, words of wisdom. Good words of wisdom, and I'm, you've got at least another ten years, I'm sure, left in the industry. So <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, we'll definitely be seeing you around. Absolutely, thank you. Thank I'm you for your time. I really to be appreciate around. it. Some good stories. <laughs> thank you, Angela. Take care. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you for listening to the Metagenics Best Practice Podcast. We hope you found today's discussion helpful in your own professional journey. Sharing our experiences as practitioners is such a great way to develop together. So before you go, why not take a moment to share this episode with someone that you know will value it. And whether you're listening on iTunes, Spotify or any of the other platforms, remember to like and review the episode too. We read all of your comments and would love to hear your suggestions for future topics. Head to metagenics.com.au for downloads, links and other business support materials. Standing on the shoulders of giants, supporting you in creating your best practice.